Nico, welcome to the show. How are you doing, Jesse Lee Peterson? Can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. Everything sounds good. I, I'm a big fan of your work. I like a lot uh, what you you did at the the S Word Walk. It was a, <laughs> a street interview you did in New York City. Yeah, I've liked uh, a lot of your interviews for a while. I, I'm actually I'm a big fan. Thank you, man. I didn't know that. Thank you. That was at the Slut Walk. Yep. Well, I was censoring it because we're on YouTube. I'm on Rumble, so. Oh, you got to know how words to you can and can't say. Oh, you can't get slut anymore. I guess you can, but I'm just trying to, to play it safe because you are on a, on a wokey beta male website like YouTube. <laughs> I'm on the... alpha male rumble. There you go. Are you, are you black? You look like you mix with something. Yeah, I'm black, Asian, and white. I'm half Filipino. Uh, my dad is half black, half white. Oh, amazing. So how did, you get, how did you get started? And thank you, man. I didn't know you uh, recognized who we were. But thank you for being a... a, a what made you get into podcast how did all that start how did i get into uh, becoming into a podcast doing the work that you oh, do a podcaster i would say i'm a streamer i mean i do a lot of podcasts but i've been doing content i've been doing videos for a long time for about 10 years i was banned on youtube last year and now i i've been creating content on rumble for about eight nine months something like that and i just always wanted to express myself i always wanted to talk about social issues i always wanted to get into filmmaking stuff like this really makes me interested and it's just, it's always just been what I wanted to do. And I turned it into a career. Right on, man. And so what's important to you? The truth is important. And I think the most effective way to get to the truth is to be entertaining and is to be funny. My motto is seek truth through funny. I don't think that people listen if you're not entertaining, if you're not making them laugh to some extent. I think that's the most effective way to communicate. So I like to be able to get to the truth, but I think that you can't do it without being entertaining. And Ultimately, I think it, what I do is a blend of comedy, of filmmaking, and social commentary. Amazing. And what is the truth? The truth is very simple. I think everybody knows it deep down, but because of all the programming and because of uh, cancel culture and people prioritizing their feelings over reality, we ignore the truth and we separate ourselves, ourselves from the truth all the time. But I think the truth is very simple, that there, there's a, a higher power. And I think that men and women have specific roles and th these very simple facts we have to argue about all the time. And we need to have shows like this in order to, to spread that because uh, we're in a world now where anything goes and we tolerate everything. For example, you had a destiny on your show a couple of years ago. I liked that interview you did yesterday. I spoke to him and people like him who don't believe in God. They yesterday I had a debate with him and he was arguing that bestiality is fine because it's not hurting anybody. He was arguing that <laughs> incest is OK, because once you start accepting any kind, all kinds of sexual deviancy, then you you open up the floodgates for all types of immoral behavior. And so we need to have specific ground rules. And I think if you're going to get to the truth, it's very simple to, to start with God. Yeah, absolutely. How old are you? I'm 24. And so were you you were raised by both parents, father and yes. mother. And so that. Who were you closer to, your father or your mother? I was probably closer with my father. I, I relate to him more. I think men relate to other men more. But both my parents, I think they, they did a great job raising me. I hope so. And my dad is, is a really big role model and I would say one of my, like a superhero in my life. I, I really look up to him. And my mother did a great job. And even to this day, she does a good job of, they, they watch everything I do, so they really try to, make sure that I'm, I'm staying on a straight path and I'm spreading the right message because I do have a, a big platform. 
And so um, are you surprised that, that your platform took off so fast and doing so well? No, I always knew that it would. It took longer than I expected, I think, to, to get to the point where I really wanted to be. I didn't expect to get banned the way I did. I didn't think that they should have deleted my main channel because I had no strikes on it. But when they ban you on YouTube, they completely wipe you and they delete all of it. So they, they got rid of all my work. But uh, I think I was able to survive uh, the cancellation. I was deleted off of a lot of platforms, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube. I got my Twitter back because of Elon. And even after the cancellation, I think I, I've even doubled my audience and widened my reach. So it's something that I've always expected and set a standard for myself to, to get to this point. And so you started out when you were 14 years old? 14, yes. Amazing. And I want to ask you, uh, for your, your age group of men, it's hard to find decent young women to date or even marry because women are in competition with men now. They want to be like men. Is it hard for you to find a woman to date? It is. It's very difficult. I don't think it's worthwhile to find a woman in the West. Sure that there's probably some good ones, but I think I, I've been traveling the world quite a bit and seeing the, the quality of women that exist in different countries. It just seems like a stupid decision to try to invest in a woman in the West when she's been indoctrinated by feminism. So I, I just don't think it's worth it. It's just if you're going to if you're going to make an investment in, into the future, you very clearly the odds are against you when it comes to, to women in the West. So I, I have been traveling and meeting women across the world. I think that. I will need to have a, a girl who's not really on social media, a girl who isn't addicted to TikTok, because as soon as they download those apps, they immediately start getting ideas they would have never had without them. Amazing. And so um, what's the difference? And I understand what you said about the TikTok thing. The women around the world, I know you traveled a lot. I've I heard about that. Uh, have you met anyone in any part of the world that you think you would like to date or marry? Yeah, I've met a lot of women that I think fit that some that criteria but at the same time i am 24 and I, I know that a lot of religious people get married at this age but i'm a very career-oriented person yeah. so i think that in fully investing myself into a long-term relationship now is not the best idea if i want to be self-sufficient for my entire life and and not get trapped or get stuck in a relationship that's not right so i have my good uh, good women but i'm, I'm still waiting and making sure that I can I can mature more because I, I still am growing quite a bit. I still have a lot of maturing to do. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm 24 and I, I've made quite a bit of mistakes in my life and I've been I've went down the wrong path. So I just want to make sure that I, I'm completely masculine and, and secure in everything that I, I do. And I, I'm able to be the protector and provider that my children need from a father. So you hope to get married one day and have and make kids? Yeah, that's one of that's the biggest goal of mine. I want to have a big family, a lot of children. Sometimes I joke and say that I want 10, but I think that that's a big number. I think it's more important to start with one and then see how that goes. Of course, it's fun to say things like I want 10, I want 10 sons, all this stuff. But seeing I've been interacting with a lot of parents and a lot of young fathers, and it's like seeing the amount of the, the investment it takes to just raise one is huge. So it's like you start with one and then and then you can you can think about two and then maybe 10. But yeah, I really want a big family. I think that that's the that's the reason that God created us is, is so that we can reproduce and so that we can make the world a better place with children who are motivated and who want to do good. Yeah, I remember in high school, I said I was going to get married. I wanted 10 children as well. I ended up only making one. And so now I have one son, two grandkids, 
well, adults now, and two great grandkids. So it's 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 building up. When you, I know you don't want a TikTok woman. Uh, what do you want in a woman? What would you like? The type of woman you would like if you decide to date and marry, what type of woman would you want? When it comes to marrying a girl, I have very simple criteria that they need to meet before I can even consider. There's a lot of other things that you look for in a relationship, like personality, compatibility, these things. But to get in the door, I think the best relationship that would work for me long term is she needs to be Muslim, she needs to be a virgin, and she needs to be unvaccinated. If she fits those three, <laughs> then then we could talk. Then we can what figure the? things out. <laughs> Very important, yeah. Amazing. So have you dated women outside of America? I have. And how did that go? Some went well. Some didn't go well. But I think it was, it was trial and error. You know, I, maybe dating is a waste of time. And for example, in the Quran, they say that uh, dating is haram. You should just marry right away. But I, I do think that I learned quite a bit from those relationships and I learned about myself. I, I've done a, quite a bit of dating. Um, I'm, I'm 24 and I've had a, a lot of relationships and lots of ups and downs. So those were good. And I actually, I do prefer women who are not westernized. I think that that's a better, that, that just works better for me. There's more compatibility there. I, I don't have to get around. As soon as a woman starts talking about astrology, or if she's always on her phone, she's always on TikTok and she's invested <laughs> into celebrities. If she's talking about Kim Kardashian, then immediately it's just like, I just don't want to have to reprogram her and tell her how much of a psyop that is. <laughs> I would rather get a non-Westernized woman who wants to be the balance in my life. You, um, when you date, do you spend, I noticed that a lot of men your age and maybe even older now, spend a lot of money on women that they date. Do you spend money on women that you date? When I really do love and care about them, then I do. I'm not the type of person to go take them to the mall and buy a bunch of nonsense. But women are expensive. They're one of the most expensive commodities out there, not just in terms of how much you're spending uh, monetarily, but when it comes to time. Women are a giant time suck. So that's why I think that it's not <laughs> the best idea to invest in a long-term relationship now because <laughs> – that's the, that's the most important currency you have is your time, and they will drain all of it. They will want all of it. They constantly want your attention. You'll start doing things and spending time with them that you shouldn't. You should be prioritizing a lot of that on work, and you just care about her feelings. You want to make sure that she's comfortable and secure and she's happy, and that's just not worth it. When you're, I think when you're 24, and I would give this advice for young men, I think at the age is like 18 to 25, you shouldn't even focus on relationships. It's better to focus on yourself, focus on your career, right. build those first, and then realize – how important your time is and what you want to prioritize before you invest in a long-term relationship. And since you were just dating them, why did you spend money on them, period? Spend money on them because I like to make women happy. The, one of the best pleasures in life is seeing a woman smile. But and when you make her like happy, I, you make her take control of you. Because you can't make a woman happy. Right. You can't make a woman happy. You, you can't make anybody happy, really. They need yeah. to be happy themselves right. before. Yeah, you can't make a woman. But I, I guess it's like, you know, giving them, making them happier, you know. <laughs> but you're setting them up to use you. And women see men that spend money on them. They see them as being weak and they they don't they don't care about men at all that spend money on them. They just pretend that they do. So that they, they can get the money. Women want men that don't love them. 
that cannot control, that they cannot control. And if they can get you to spend money on you, on them, they have control over you. In the good old days, men did not spend money on women that they were dating. They would wait until marriage, and even then they would be sensible with how much money they spent on a wife. But you should never spend money on a woman you're dating. Even if you went out to eat, you know, it doesn't have to be like all an expensive place, but not even a lot of money then. And then women like men that they cannot control at all. You're completely right. Now I'm realizing it now. I'm thinking as soon as you said that, I'm thinking about all the relationships I spent a lot of money on. And those women end up becoming ungrateful and unappreciative. Yeah. And they start expecting you to spend money on them and spend all your time on them because they don't see it as a reward. They just expect it based off of your interactions. Yeah. And now I'm realizing as you said <laughs> that the women who are in love with me now, I don't really spend any money on at all. Yeah. I, I don't even spend any time at all. <laughs> like the women that you give the least amount of attention to that she that she's chasing you, they're the ones who actually love you. So you're, that's a great point. And I don't, I don't think I'm going to spend money on a woman <laughs> until I'm married now. That's a, You just red-pilled me on money. <laughs> what the? <laughs> that's right, man. Women want men that don't want them. They want men because they need the man to be right to bring them out of the hell that they, that they live in. Let me ask, uh, what is love? Love is a decision. I think women fall in love and men have to commit to love. They have to decide that it's something that they should invest in. I guess you, you, you get those bubbly feelings and you get that Disney movie type of feeling maybe in the beginning of a relationship, but after a while that fades and then you need to decide that the person you're with is right for you. And not just because you love them, but because you fit each other's priorities and what you want in life. So I, I think even thinking about those, those ideas too much can drag a man down. And I think a lot of those movies that promote that ideology, it can, it turns men into simps. It turns women into delusional creatures. And we shouldn't obsess over this idea too much because it's not, that's not what creates a good relationship. What creates a good relationship is work. You are, um, and what is a man? A man literally is an adult male, a biological male, but a man compared to a boy is somebody who can protect, somebody who can provide, somebody who's strong, somebody who's capable, somebody who is responsible of others. A man has to take care of somebody. And even if you go further, I've been thinking about this. I think a gentleman is somebody who gives more to the earth and gives more to those around him than he takes somebody who is giving because that's where I think men get their happiness from and where men reach their, their real state as, as a, as a responsible man. When you are giving to others, that's where you, you get, that's the top satisfaction in life. That's where you'll, you'll find the most fulfillment. Amazing. Um, do you have anger? Of course I do. And, and how do you know you have anger? Because I wake up angry and <laughs> go to sleep angry. It's something that uh, I'm angry right now. You but, are, yeah. You angry right now? I'm angry right I'm furious. Why? Because there's so many things to do. I have so many, I have so much more money to make. I have so much more truth to spread. There's so many liars out there that I haven't exposed yet. There's things that I haven't accomplished. 
There are people that are still doubting me. And there are, the world is run by evil, satanic people. And it, it infuriates me that people don't realize that. It infuriates me that these people who are doing rituals on islands, they have ultimate control and people live in ignorance because it's more comfortable. And that, that infuriates me. And what, so, what good is it doing you to be angry about those things? It provides me with the energy I need to get up and work every single day. I didn't, I slept one hour last night. I stopped streaming at 4 a.m. after a five hour stream, something like that. After getting off of a 20 hour flight from Thailand, I came home in a stream. I slept for one hour and woke up for this and then I'm gonna get to work. I have a lot of writing to do. I have my business employees to, to contact. I have to get on a lot of phone calls. That anger, that transfers into energy. And if I, you don't have that energy, you're not gonna be able to do the work that you need to do. And, and why do you think you can't do those things without being angry? I guess you can, but I think it's better when you have that, that energy. That's gonna give you a competitive edge that other people don't have. If, if I'm pissed off and <laughs> I have something to prove, Obviously, I'm going to work better. That's the same reason that Michael Jordan is training until 3 a.m. past everybody else. And he's doing extra drills because he's angry that people don't know that he's the champion yet because he already knows he is the champion. And all he has to do is prove it. And you're not going to be able to prove that without some sense of anger that people don't already know that you are the champion. That's amazing, man. Do you believe that you can overcome anger and not be angry at all about anything at any time? I think eventually, I think with the family and I think with uh, a certain balance in life and after a certain level of accomplishment, you don't strike me as an angry person, Jesse. Right. I'm not. I have no anger at all. Do you do you um, do you want to oh, do you think it's normal for a man to have anger? I think it's a very normal emotion. I think that all men at a, at a certain age, especially young men, feel angry and a lot of them manifest that into the wrong things right and if, if they feel angry instead of using that anger they will find cheap dopamine they'll do things like smoke weed or watch porn and kind of drown in that and then blame their inadequacies on something else yeah i think it's it's a very normal emotion to have and people in the chat are saying ego ego Every man has an ego, and if you don't have an ego, you need one. It's a very important thing in order to to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Ego is not a bad thing. You need to have self-esteem. You need to believe in yourself. And if you don't have a, a, a sense, if you don't have an ego at all, then you're not going to be able to get to that Michael Jordan level of success. And if you don't want that, then that's fine. But all successful champions have a giant ego, and they need to tell, they need to prove to the world and to themselves that their ego is justified. And what is success? How do you define success or successful? I think you can measure success in terms of impact. I see the success when people come up to me. I, this kid came up to me in Thailand yesterday, the day before, and he was, he, he was, he was like almost on the verge of tears. And this doesn't happen all the time, but he was saying, uh, he, he looked a little bit chubby, but kind of that, that skin <laughs> chubby where you could tell that he lost weight. Right. And he was telling me that he lost 20 kg because of a video where I was fat shaming a trans person. And just that little joke, like I'm, I'm there saying that this dude is overweight. I'm saying that he looks like Peter Griffin, just making jokes. And but he said that that 
video inspired him and motivated him to get into the gym. And he was extremely happy. In the, he shook my hand and was saying, like, I want to be like you. Like, you, you really inspired me. Thank you so much. And so seeing that made my day and made me realize, like, that's it, all the work that I do manifests itself into real life. I, I think that that's actual success. Seeing that somebody took something from a joke I made and it turned into something positive. And now he's better off because of what I did. I think that's success. Um, did you say you were a Muslim? Yes, I, I recently reverted to Islam about uh, four months ago. Were you a Christian at one time? I grew up Catholic, yes. Catholic. And what made you switch? I never fully resonated with Catholicism. I didn't feel uh, spiritual. I, I didn't feel the higher power when I was in church. I didn't like the repetition of it. And it was, it's, it was forced upon me, which is not bad, but it wasn't something that I found. It was something that I was taught. And so I guess I equated a lot of that to the lies that I was taught in school. And a lot of the, like they told me that I needed to get a nine to five job and that I need to do this and you can't say that. And so I kind of equated Catholicism and, and church with a lot of what they were telling me I had to do, but I didn't want to do. So I never really resonated with Catholicism. And uh, we can get deeper into things like I never really understood the Holy Spirit. I never really resonated with the, the act of communion, eating the body of Christ and drinking his blood. There's certain <laughs> things that I, I never I, that I never <laughs> understood or th that didn't make sense to me. And they just told me I needed to accept. Right. But Islam is the is the right religion for me. And why is that? Oh, let me ask I first, before the, you answer that, who forced religion, uh, Christian, uh, Christianity on your parents or the schools? My parents uh, oh. forced Catholicism. On OK. Me. And what is it about Islam that you like? I see it as the as the one truth. I see it as the one monotheistic religion. And I think I first started resonating with it when I saw it as the only answer to all the woke garbage that we see on social media and we see in the culture in the West. Islam fixes all these problems with what's written in the Quran. But not only that, it's not just practical, not just in terms of how it makes you more steadfast and keeps you centered by praying five times a day and telling you not to drink and telling you not to put bad things into your body, telling you the importance of gender roles. But also, I just see it as the one true monotheistic religion. I see Muhammad, peace be upon him, as the, as the final prophet. I think Jesus was a prophet as well. But I, I don't see the other religions as monotheistic. I, I think that's extremely important. I don't think we should pray to a man. And we could argue about whether or not Jesus was a man or with, if he's man and God simultaneously. A lot of Christians disagree about, about that. But Islam, it, it seems like it's the only book that has not been manipulated in 1,400 years. And it's the one true monotheistic religion because there's no idol worship. You don't draw the prophets. You don't draw, you can't conceptualize God. You just pray to God. And you have to, and do you pray five times a day? Sometimes, but I, it's been difficult and I need to be better at that. I try to, but I'm, I'm very busy. And there's some passages that will say in certain hadiths and in the Quran that if you are busy or if you're traveling, then you're able, then you're excused. But I, that's an excuse that I'm making right now. I, I need to start praying more, but I do try to pray every day. Amazing. And do you, so did your mother force Christianity upon you or your father? It was my mother and father. They both grew up Catholic, and so it was just uh, natural. They grew up Catholic, so I grew up Catholic. Nice. Um, do you if if it do you have perfect peace? Do I have perfect peace with Islam? No. Do you, yeah. With now that you become a uh, a part of the Islam thing, there, do you have perfect peace? I think I found a new level of mental clarity and peace and stoicism with Islam. I've I've haven't felt this centered my entire life until 
I reverted to Islam. Everything starts to make more sense, and I, I have found a new peace. Is it, is it perfect? It's hard to say because I'm not perfect and I can only judge based on in my reaction to it and humans aren't perfect, but I do think Islam is perfect. Um, I want to ask you, you're now a Muslim and you mentioned Jesus. Uh, is Jesus God or the son of God? I think he's neither. I think he is a, I think he was a prophet. You think, and why do you think that? That's what we believe in Islam, but we believe that Christians were, were very close to the truth, but Islam is the truth and Muhammad was the final prophet. But I, I don't think that any one person could be the son of God, and nor do I think that a man can be God and a man simultaneously. That doesn't make sense to me. So you're saying that you said that Jesus was a prophet. And, and what is a prophet? A prophet is a messenger of God, somebody who spreads the message of God. And, and, and who is God? God, we can't conceptualize, but God is the divine creator. The all-merciful God is the reason that we exist, the designer, an all-intelligent being that we don't know what exactly he is or where he is or what he looks like, but we know that he was the intelligent designer and we should worship him. And why don't you know exactly who he is? Because the same reason that a smartphone doesn't know who Steve Jobs is. The creation will never be able to understand or conceptualize what the creator is because the creator is more intelligent. Do you believe you were created by God? Yes. And if you were created by him, do you believe he loved you? Yes. And if he loved you, why wouldn't he want you to know who he is? Because it's not worth it. It's he created us so that we could worship him. And maybe we will meet him in the afterlife in, in heaven. But the, the whole purpose of of life on earth is to be able to to be the best we can be so that we can enjoy eternal paradise. And, and why would, would you want to have a father? Would you consider God as your father? God as my father? No, but we, we use the word he when we refer to God. And why? We use he, the, the pronoun he. And why not father? I understand that he thinks he is a, a masculine persuasion, but why not father? I'm not sure what the direct reason is in the Quran. I know that they do that and they say that in Christianity, but I think father is a, is a it, it's a man-made, it, it's a way to relate it to way humans could understand because we understand exactly what a father figure is. I think that trying to compare God to man-made ideas and the, the man-created family is not really necessary. And, and why is that? Because again, if we can't conceptualize what God is, then, I mean, there can't be a father without a mother and there is no mother. So a, a father <laughs> d doesn't exist if there's no mom. But uh, God is not a physical, he is a spirit. Right, well, I wouldn't necessarily say God is a spirit. It's, he's an all intelligent being. I think putting the word spirit on it is again, too, it's too specific. And why is that? Again, because uh, there's, there's no point in, in Islam. We don't believe that there's any point in really trying to figure this out. We know that we should worship God because he created all of us. But, you know, th there's no reason to try to figure out if he's a spirit or if he's a father, because that's not important. And we will never know. 
if you can know now, would you want to know him? No, I will want to, to wait until I go to heaven and do the right thing now. I think that that would manipulate the way I view earth too much. And I wouldn't be able to still interact with other people knowing everything. Because if I, if I spoke to God, then I would know too much and nothing would make sense on earth. So if you want, if, if, it, were, if it were possible for you to know the truth why you live, then you wouldn't want to know that until after you die? I would wait until I die. I want, I want to do it the right way. I would go insane. I would try to tell everybody, and then I'd end up yelling at a pole behind a gas station. So what's the purpose of praying to the Father if you don't want to know? You pray to the Father because, or you pray to God because God wants you, God commands us to, to pray and worship him because that's what we're supposed to do. But if, if, if why pray to him if, it, if it's not to know him? It's a waste of time. I guess you become closer through prayer, but you will never really know God the way that God knows us. I don't know what that means. You will never be able to communicate and understand God the way that God understands us because we are God's creation. Like we, we will never be able to, to have that same, that mutual understanding that we can have with other people. Do you believe that you are your thoughts? You create thoughts? Yes. And you, you create your own thoughts? Most of them. There's a lot of outside information that affects your thoughts, but I try to create everything that I think. How do you create thoughts? Personally, how do you create them? What are your steps to creating them? Analyzing where the information that I have comes from, why I believe the things I believe, being very critical of everybody I'm around, and trying to put the best information into my mind. And so, so you create your own thoughts. Why would you create thoughts that would bring you fear? In terms of fearing God? No, fear within yourself. You know how you have fear? Why right. would you create thoughts that would bring you fear? That's a good point. I guess th those that, thoughts that you try question. to... You try to quell them as much as possible, but they're, they're always going to be there. But if you create them while they're there, why do you even bother to create thoughts that would bring you fear? Why not create them since you're in control of creating your own thoughts? Well, you're right. You don't, you're not in control of all of your thoughts. Some of them are external. And, but we, we do our best to create the best reality and create the best thoughts we can. But a lot of them are external. And who create the internal thoughts? Who created eternal said, thoughts? Did you say external or internal? External thoughts are going to give you fear. Amazing. Do you believe that you can live a life without fear, period? If it, no, let me ask you this way. Do you believe you can live life without fear at all? Yes, I think those people are sociopaths. I think those are the people that end up shooting up a school or end up doing insanely crazy things. I think that you need to, to fear God. Of course, you can live without fear, but then you're going to die. But the then you're going to end up are, drunk somewhere. The, the people who are committing those types of crimes are doing it out of fear. They're not doing it because they don't have fear. They're doing it because they do have fear. I guess there's always going to be some fear, but the best thing to fear is God because 
you can't control God. So you should be able to, everything that you are in control of, you should not let it instill fear into your mind. But the you, one thing that you cannot control is God. So that, that's the one thing you should fear. Um, um, and you said you, you do have anger, right? Yes. Is it normal for a man to have anger? Completely. Uh, any man that has anger is a woman. Explain. <laughs> um, if it's, let me ask this first. If you can overcome fear, period, would you want to overcome it? Overcome fear, yes. You got to forgive your mother. Your mother imposed her will on you, and you resent her for that. And you become like what you resent. And when you became angry at your mother, you became like her. You have her mindset and her emotions. All men hate their mothers, and the women too, the girls. And they become like what they hate, and they pass it on from generation to generation. And if you realize that just as you can't help yourself but have fear and have anger, your mother couldn't help herself and because she resents her mother, and she imposed that on you, and now you become like her. And a man is not supposed to have fear because of the order of God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, woman over children. Men are supposed to lead women. But if you have their mindset, the woman become your God, and men are subject to women because Satan is the woman's God and, 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 the, uh, and the woman is the man God because of that broken order. When, when uh, Eve listened to the Satan, she took on his nature and no longer listened to her husband. And when, the, when Adam listened to Eve, he took on the woman's nature and no longer listened to his father. It changed their order. But when you forgive your, your mother, and your father for not protecting you from your mother because he can't handle your mother. He's married to his mama. You become attracted to what you hate. But when you forgive them, God will forgive you, and he will take away the mama's spirit, which is of the devil, and he will give you back your natural self. And that's when you can really start living without fear. You have the right kind of energy. You have perfect love energy. And in perfect love, there is no fear. And you'll be able to deal with every situation without being moved by it at all. But you got to forgive your mother. How do you forgive your mother? By telling her that I'm sorry for resenting you. First, you get to know yourself and you see that you are not in control. There's something else is controlling you. It makes you think and do things that you wouldn't ordinarily think and do. And realize that the anger that you have from your mother brought that on. And go and for, hey, mother, I'm sorry for resenting you. I realize now that I have become just like you and that you can't help yourself. I'm sorry for resenting you. Don't ask, don't ask for forgiveness. You forgive her and God will forgive you because women don't forgive. And your mother will take that and try to use it against you to control you. But once you for, apologize for resenting her, God will forgive you. And he would take that away from you and you'll be a, become a free man and you can live on this earth with perfect love and nobody or nothing can ever get to you and you will operate with perfect peace. How did you figure this out and at what age did you forgive your mother? At 38 and I asked God to let me see myself because I had all that emotional stuff too. I lived in my imagination and I had this false idea that success and friends and family and everything would make, bring me peace and it only make life worse. Only God can give you peace.
And that comes when you forgive. You got to forgive your mother. What do you think would happen if you went to your mother and apologized for resenting her for, for turning you away from your father? I think that I wouldn't believe it. And I, I want to say that because you, you've explained that in a way that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of men can relate to, but I don't think I, I fully mean it if I had said it yet. So it's something that I need to sit with and think about more before I do it. That makes sense. You should see it for yourself, not just because I said it, because once you see it for yourself, that's why we need to know ourselves, know thyself, right? When you see it for yourself, then you'll be able to go and forgive her because you will see that, yes, she did this to you, but you're wrong for resenting her because by resenting her, you're bringing this upon yourself and you can overcome it by forgiving her, but you have to see it for yourself. And the kingdom of heaven is inside of you and you will enter into that kingdom and, and you will no longer look outside for the answer because everything that you're looking for, everything that you are, everything you need to become is already inside of you. You just need to live from within and stop looking on the outside because you can gain all the wealth in the whole wide world. You can become the richest man on this side of heaven. You still won't have peace. You become the richest man on this side of heaven, you will still have fear. You will still have doubt. You will still have worries. You, but once you forgive and start living from within, you will no longer have those things. They will all disappear, and, and the whole earth will belong to you. You are the world. Each individual is the world, not the physical world out there, but you are the world. But you can't get it until you forgive. Islam is not going to do that for you. Christianity is not going to do that for you. Uh, no religion can do it. The kingdom of heaven is within. Only forgiveness will set you free. By apologizing for resenting her. Be and then, because it's abnormal for men, any man that has anger is a woman. So when you get with a woman, it's just going to be two women fighting one another. <laughs> Trying try to get power. It's all ego. Ego is of the devil. You want to be free from ego, and you want to walk by, by the light, perfect love from within, and not the ego. Anyone that has ego is evil. The ego must die. You don't want to live by ego. And the light of God will kill the ego, which is of the devil, in the mind and emotions. If you notice how you sometimes you feel good, then sometimes you feel bad. And then sometimes you feel good and sometimes you feel bad. You're like up and down. All that stuff is ego. All that emotional love is hate. It's not love. That's why it doesn't last. God is a dispassionate God. He's not a passionate God. Satan is a passionate evil God. Not a real God, but a fake God. God is dispassionate. Satan is passionate. So anyone that is passionate about anything are really saying to you that they are evil. So how do you find the motivation to do what you need to do? Because I've found that ego and self-belief has carried a lot of the, the energy I needed to, to get to make me successful. But that's a fake energy. When you go and forgive your mother and forgive your father for not protecting you from your mother, God's going to give you his energy. And it it's a natural energy. And it's amazing. If without 
it is just natural. It is greater than this false energy that you're getting now. The up and down energy is false. God's energy is forever. It's light until your feet. It's natural. You would never, it, it's just natural. It's not up and down. You will have God's energy and his energy is real. So do you think somebody like Khabib, for example, one of the most successful UFC fighters of all time, also extremely God-fearing, do you think that he operates and he trains without ego? Re repeat that. Do you think that Khabib, the undefeated UFC fighter, right? Right. He's a Muslim. He's a, a perfect Muslim. Well, we're not perfect, but he, he doesn't sleep around. He doesn't do drugs. He's a good example of somebody who just practices his religion and fights all the time. I, I guarantee you, without a doubt, he doesn't have peace. I guarantee you, and he's using anger energy to fight to make himself feel better. But when he's alone, he's lonely, he's afraid, he is uh, sad, he's lost. And so he fights to try to cover that up. But a man that has peace can go into a ring with him and knock him out in a second. Because the man with peace is conscious. He's living in the present and not in an illusion of a past or a future. But he's living in the present where God is. And when you live in the present, you can see. And so the man that has peace would not, this per I don't know who that person is anyway, but he would knock him out in a second because this guy is fighting in the dark, whereas the man of peace fighting in the light. Who's a good example of somebody who has let go of their ego and forgiven his mother? Jesus Christ. Jesus what about Jesus Christ? Christ what about a mortal man? Because Christians believe that Jesus is uh, superior, is, is God. Is there an example of a mortal man who I, has who is forgiven? I have forgiven, and I meet men and women around the world, men and women, who go and forgive their mothers. Most of them didn't know that they needed to forgive their mothers. And they go and forgive mama because mama made them think that mama made them think that it's the father that's the problem, but the mother is the problem. And she pretended to be victim, right? She played a victim. And she pretended dad was the bad guy when she was the evil one doing it to the father, driving him nuts. But because he didn't over, hadn't overcome his mother, uh, he worshiped her too. He tried to get something that women don't have, and that is love, right? The love comes from the man that comes from God. And so I know men and women, I meet them around the country now. I counsel with them. They attend the meetings and things, and they go and forgive. They become patient, free, inwardly, men and women. You gotta I've never heard this broken down like that. You, you really surprised me with this information. Does it make sense a little bit? It makes complete sense. And you know why it makes sense? No. God is allowing you to see it from within. It's not me. I'm just bringing you the message. But only God can cause you to see the truth. And that's what it means to know God when you're able to see. Now you can see. And when you go and forgive your mother, hey, mother, I'm sorry for resenting you. Because anyone that has anger is playing God. And, and you're not able to be, uh, know him when you play him because you're judging and you're insecure. But you can see where I'm coming from because you want the truth. That's why you were a Christian, you became a Muslim, you're looking for the truth, and now you've found it. All you have to do now is go and forgive, and the rest is easy.
you start living from within instead of without. And you'll still be able to make your money, you'll be able to run your business, but you won't identify with it. It won't be an identity. It will be something that you do, but it won't be you. You are not, you are not your job. You're not your money. You're not uh, things. You're not your body. You're not your mind. You, you are a spirit created in the image of God. And your mother turned you away from that when she turned you away from your father. You must forgive so you can find it's He's with you already. That's why you can see where I'm coming from. And also, I want you to give my silent prayer a chance and let me know what you think about that. www.silentprayer.video www.silentprayer.video You can still do your little Muslim thing, go out there and, and, and hoop and holler to Allah Allah. And when you're done, be still and know God. It's because right now he's with you. That's why you see where I'm coming from. And you're seeing it from within. So how do you define the self? If it's not what you do or what you provide or what you give, if it's not your job or it's not your accomplishments, then how do you define the self? There is no self. Everything you see about yourself is an illusion. The real you will, will appear when the far you disappear. You got, you got to get rid of all this ego. And the light of God will destroy the darkness, which is the ego. I'm so out of time, man. Do the silent prayer, www.silentprayer, and we can talk some more. Okay, I'll check it out. Go and face your mama, boy. I need to, to think about this a little bit more, but I, th I think you make some good points. Right on. It was amazing talking to you, man. I really appreciate this conversation, Jesse. You're welcome. We'll talk again, all right? All right, thank you. Okay.